Hello and welcome to the Allies of Convenience. My name is Tom Layton, guest hosting from my mother's attic, and today we have got two very special people to talk about a very special event in the form of the Glass Hammer Open. So today, introducing first, we have the man from Birmingham himself, Mr. Adam Ryland. Say hello, Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello, Adam. Brilliant. And we have another very special guest who uh, has come all the way from Washington, D.C. just to play in this tournament. Definitely not for any other reason, just for this tournament. Say hello, Eric. Hello, Eric. Brilliant. Good start, guys. Good start. So we were at the... We all, I think all three of us were at the Glasshammer Open in Telford a couple of weekends ago, right? So yep. what exactly was the style of the event? What did the rules pack look like? Wow. The rules pack was ETC rules pack, in, incorporating the new FAQ. And I think shortly after, they changed it to add a couple of new bits onto it, didn't they? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they did. They, they had two bits which I really liked. Uh, the first one was, which is really an ETC thing, but uh, no index options if you have a codex. Uh, which, you know, I will admit, subtly played with my list because they put the list for due. Um, but then the other one they had is they capped the number of CPs that you could regen uh, pre-game. Uh, to I think it was one or else you couldn't regen them, which, you know, everyone knows what the list is, the Imperial Soup that is obnoxious with that. So that uh, brought that list down to earth a little more. And I think most of us as a whole were uh, fairly happy with that. Mm -hmm. It seems like an unintentional omission uh, during the big FAQ number two. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, that should have been in the FAQ. And I, I can see actually... Going in him when is it March for next one? Yeah, I think it's well. It should be March. I think it's just an error they've they've dropped. So it was nice to see Glasshammer actually get on top of that and uh, change it. To be honest, I don't think I don't think many people complained about it. Yeah, totally. And not only were we using the ETC rules pack, we were also using the ETC uh, terrain, weren't we? Uh, yeah, the, the actual terrain. Uh, yeah, so I think what they did was they at the end of the ETC in Croatia, they bought a big chunk, maybe even all of the terrain, I'm not entirely sure, stuck it in Manny's car and just drove it across the continent, along with uh, yeah. four larger gentlemen. Uh, good side of larger, but still larger gentlemen, driving across yeah. the entire continent in a heat wave. I think I made Alex walk. <laughs> to pay for his sins, just barefoot yeah, across, across the, uh, the mountains. But uh, the terrain, as we found out in the ETC, it's actually really, really good as functional terrain. Yeah, yeah, it's it really... ideal. And it I think packs, we were... yeah, it packs down to nothing. Mm. And as a tournament terrain, it is, it is gives you what you want, really, doesn't it? I think that's another yeah. stipulation we need to make, actually, because I think we were treating the bottom floor of all the ruins as line of sight blocking as well. Um, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that ruling, just because I feel like if you want that, you can just make your own cool terrain, but I understand the logistical issues with that, because uh, most of ETC terrain did have kind of pop in and outdoors, didn't they? But, uh, yeah. That was uh, the issue, is, uh, you know, the fear that your opponent gets to the table first and quickly pops out all the windows if he's got a shooty army, yeah. or like has his own stack of little uh, window pillars and just throws on tables like oh those clearly should have been there yeah i mean i remember neil kerr coming around i think it was was it day one of the etc after the singles just saying 
uh, just so you know, we're doing this. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, so that was something that we just did at the ETC. Yeah, and all the town army screamed. So, uh, yeah, then there's a problem. There's a couple pieces that were not the um, card screen, mm. and those, some of them, what you might call the first floor windows, were, mm -hmm. um, you know, the first floor was nine inches high. Yeah. So there were, there were a couple of debates on, like, well, does that really count as a window, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, that's not a yeah. question. That's just, you know, there were, what, 250 tables they had to yeah. 40K or something like yeah. that? You know, it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we had a similar thing in kind of game three when I was playing Taff. We had this big ruin that uh, kind of had a big corner of it missing. And it was mm -hmm. difficult to determine whether this was part of a wall and therefore should be counted as like windows or what have you, or if it wasn't at all. And I actually put on that board twice, so it was it was fine. But, I mean, with a mix of terrain, you had some ETC and some non-ETC, and you had a few questions mm -hmm. there. But apart from that, I think it was good. Yeah, and we had gamut mats, which is really nice to play on. Mm, yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. can only imagine the, the cost that kind of went into that, because we had like, what, 40 boards and all of them had mats on? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Well, uh, I mean, this was this was the second Glass Hammer open, mm -hmm. and they're slowly getting there to make it the, the big event, aren't they? Yeah. And I mean, the first one was quite small, mm. and they were learning how to stream and everything. And this one was well, quite a considerable size of the planning, wasn't there? Yeah, I think they're planning on going for at least triple figures next time. High triple, well, I don't really want to say high triple figures because that kind of implies the 800 number, which I think is a little bit absurd at this point. But uh, I think they're trying to go for at least bigger than Cali is what I've heard. Right. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it takes a while to grow an event and mm. they seem to be doing it the right way as well. Yeah. So shall we get into games event? So we each played five games of ETC style 40k, and I believe they released some matchups in advance. So Adam, what were you playing, and how did you do? Right, I decided to take something really complicated again. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot we have to do our own lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can tell I'm not was, a professional. Yeah, it was Magnus <laughs> and Big Knight and two Norman Knights, double Avenger, double Thermal, two mm. Iron Storms. And the Dominus mm -hmm. and the full model list. And I gotta say, I love, I used it at Battlefield previously, and it's such a fun list to use because you're actually finishing games so quick and you get a chance to walk around and have a look what's going on. Mm. And uh, it's chaos, so yeah, it's always good. And so, um, Adam, I'm gonna interrupt you right there. I'm gonna ask you a question for every game, and we might not have to do the game after that. For, go introduce your playing, and then I'm going to ask the important question. Right, okay. Well, I, I was playing a guy called Mark Gallagher, who was a, a really nice guy. Uh, and um, I rocked up at the time with my usual prep of uh, not having any sleep. And Mark, the same, was painting the night before, so Mark had no sleep as well. Good job you're only playing four models then, Adam, so you don't have that much yeah. to think about. And, uh, I got to admit, this wasn't my finest hour. I was uh, I was a little, I wasn't quite with it. I've got to be honest. And uh, Mark was using a a space wolf and guard list, which Ooh. was quite interesting. I wasn't quite sure what it did. It was the customary guard detachment with uh, mortars to add command points. And then it was um, a 
Wolfguard, Wolf Lord with Jump Pack, uh, Wolfguard Battle Leader, Wolf Scouts, an aggressive unit, Rune Priest, two big units of Wolf Guard with uh, Thunder Hammers and Storm, Storm Shields. Uh, the, big uh, unit. Terminator, sorry, or on Thunder, uh, the Wolf Guard. No, just the Wolf Guard. Were they just on, were they in Power Armor or? Yeah, Power Armor. Oh, okay. With Storm oh, a uh, big unit of Reavers and a big unit of Hellblasters. Hmm. And I was like, ooh, I'm not quite sure what it does. But after playing it, luckily I went first. Oh, that was... Eric's uh, question. That was the yeah. big question. <laughs> yeah. hey. And um, it kind of went my way. The first turn was huge. And Mark had a little bit of a bad start to roll in saves. I just shot everything at the wolf, the um, the wolf guard, and he just couldn't make a free up save. It was just ah, okay, and uh, it, it ended up being pretty easy. As I say, his saves were bad, but as I got to play it, I got to talk about his list to him and see the little the little combos, and he told me the combos involved. It's actually a really clever list. Uh, he said he would have liked to have gone first to get his buffs up, and that would have been a closer game. And I can see, I can see how the list works, it's, especially with the, the minus to hit bubble from the rune priests. You can cast minus to hit on, on say the big knight as well, so you're suddenly minus two to hit. Mm. And once once he gets into you with with the storm shields and that, it's hard to get rid of them. And uh, yeah, it's quite a clever list, I've got to be honest. So was he using the psychic power that gives, I think it's Stormcaller, that gives him plus one to his, or just the benefit of cover for everyone within six inches, and then using the stratagem, which gives him minus one to hit on those units? Yes, yeah, Stormcaller and Tempest Wrath. That's the one, yeah. well. You know the names. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, was, it was a really good learning curve for me, because I didn't really know what it did. And, yes, seeing how the combos would have worked, mm. was, uh, it was... Uh, Pretty good. And Mark was a really nice guy to play yeah. as well. And uh, so an Adam game comes down to who went first, then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this game would have been okay for me going second. In respect that Mark can actually kill all my shit first turn. No. No. <laughs> his first turn was about getting my face and getting his buffs up if he went first to make everything a lot harder for me, which then makes it a really interesting game. Mm. Well, so I went first. Sorry. So then you went for the ultimate skill strategy of going first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, Can't blame uh, you. Would have done the same. Now, another big important question: Did you get to use the stratagem with Magnus of doing extra hits against Space Wolves? No, I ran out of command points. Oh, <laughs> that's a bit sad. It was. It, because he had all the storm shields, I actually sat Magnus back for a couple of turns in at the back behind the other knights because I didn't want to lose Magnus. So mm. he had a bit in reserve about the deep strike down. So I just kept Magnus out of it, to be honest, because I didn't want to lose the defects. Mm. And mm. as soon as the storm shields had gone, then I started putting Magnus involved. Yeah, because you don't necessarily need the defects anymore because all the invulnerable saves are gone. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Nicely done. Eric, how did your first game go, and what were you running? All right, so my list was uh, super exciting. Not really. Uh, so 
It's pretty much standard Drukari with a little bit of spice thrown in. Uh, nine Talos, uh, a unit of seven Grotesques. Uh, Urian, his homoculus friend with the Vexator Mask. Uh, a couple, uh, I think, tr three units of five racks as troops. Uh, then I did a meta call, and instead of doing the obligatory Ravagers, actually just went with an air wing detachment of two Razor Wings and a Void Raven. Mm -hmm. uh, thought process there is that uh, we changed the FAQ and the deep striking. Uh, well, the change to the deep strike part for the Ravagers. I'd rather just have the mobility and the minus one. It makes it a little bit better uh, compared to some of the other stuff that uh, it's out there, and it's slightly cheaper. Plus, the uh, vo the void mine on the uh, void raven was a big threat that like made it have to be dealt with, even at the expense of Talos and other stuff. Which... How good is the uh, void raven bomb on the bomber actually? I don't really see it that much. Uh, so in my games, it only had. One really, really good turn. I'm trying to think of that shoot. Uh, yeah, one to two. Um, it, uh, but in one or two games, it got, it was target priority number one to yeah. make sure that it do its thing. But even then, someone uh, shooting at that rather than at Udissi cannons, right? Right, right. Um, and also not shooting at the Talos. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, yeah. Pro tip the Talos usually will win two games. How about that? Uh, <laughs> You'd be so, surprised how many people like fire at the other things and not at the Talos. Hmm, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had that Eric, and a obligatory. Uh, sorry. So just a quick question. Yep. Did, did the uh, the new two up save strat have anything to do with uh, with your decision to take the pines? You know, honestly, not really. Uh, I still took advantage of. Don't get me wrong, because Talos on a two up save is quite nice. My flyers only go to a three up save, unfortunately, and they have a they have a five up invul anyways. So usually when they're getting shot at long range, it's by something that has at least AP minus two. Right. Usually it was knights. I I played against a lot of knights, so uh, at that point you just don't give it that. Um, but then you round out my list. I had your obligatory uh, farce here with doom and executioner. Basically, just to say, hey, hey, wire, I want me to be more reliable. Um, which, he's not as important as some people make out to be, but he's a nice addition. So, uh, first game I was playing against a very fine chap named uh, Simon Brumley. Uh, he was running Knights and Guard. So, he had a Valiant, two of the Shooty Armagers, two of the Close Combat Armagers, and Pask two other Lemon Russes in your obligatory guard battalion. Um, and the game went, uh, so he got first. I used the strat to basically say, punish your pass. You're going to do like two wounds to a, um, a Talos. Uh, but he had a pretty good first turn shooting with him going first. He killed about two Talos. But the problem is, in the process, he had moved up the uh, his Valiant about mm, 13 inches away from my Talos ball. Wait a second. So uh, he moved it 13 inches away so he couldn't just harpoon one? Well, sorry. He might have gotten... Oh, so he moved it in range, harpooned one with his big willy, and then... Yeah, no, sorry. He was within 12. He, okay. he was, like, right up in my grill. Oh, right. He tried, and I specifically saved a CP reroll to uh, stop the harpooning. <laughs> um, but uh, what that meant is... 
my Vexator mask bro uh, was able to make the initial charge onto the Valiant turn one. And then eight or seven, however many Talos I had left, then charged in after. So the Valiant uh, died first turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then continued to shoot me. He got me down to four Talos by turn two. I brought down Grotesques uh, to set up for an awesome charge to the end. Failed. Um, but I was able to keep doing just enough to keep the vehicles tied up. And we called it at the bottom of four with that being a 20 note me. Sweet. Nicely so, done, dude. Sorry. How about you, Tom? So I was playing with a similar version to my uh, LGT list, which was Yvrain, three squads of Reapers in a spearhead, one big one, two five-man squads, and a unit of nine Shining Spears, and then just an elaytop detachment of stuff that builds around it. So you have three units of Rangers in there, a Farseer, two Warlocks, one of which was on a bike, and then I had two Wave Serpents with all the toys. So I was playing against, uh, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but he'll be cool about it. So I was playing against Lauga Ostergaard from the Danish team. And he was running Tau, so he had three Riptides, 19 Shield Drones, three individual Broadsides, bunch of Fire Warriors, loads of Markalites, all the Jazz. So we were playing the pointy, the pointy Hammer and Anvil deployment with uh, the mission that gives you more points for objectives that are further away from your deployment zone and fewer ones that are closer. And we had, what was the Maelstrom? Was it, con- I think it was Contact Lost, wasn't it? Because you had to be on one objective for each card drawn, right? Mm-hmm. So I, we had three in each of our deployment zones, and then we literally just stood there until turn five. So he was drawing three cards, I was drawing three cards, we were scoring, we were discarding. Because um, he can't really come at me, because if he does, he has to move his shield drones out. And if he moves his shield drones out, I can pick on them with the Rangers and the Wave Serpents, because they're really difficult for him to deal with because of the minus two modifiers to hit. And then once the shield drones are down, I can just go after his Riptides, it's not a problem. Um, but I can't go on him for a similar reason, because if I get out and shoot all the Riptides, I've got a 3 plus invulnerable save, plus you've got the shield drones, and I don't really touch him at all, and then all my Reapers get gunned down. So basically, we just stood there, not a single model died until turn 5, and then First Blood happened at the bottom of turn 5, I think. So going into turn 5, he was 12-8 up, I think, on Maelstrom. But I drew uh, no prisoners and priority orders received on his central objective in the last turn. So I managed to jump across. I killed like seven units. Uh, got my Shining Spears on his objective. But he managed to uh, hold on to the objective because he had one Fire Warrior left. So I only got nine Maelstrom points from that turn. <laughs> rather than like 15 or 14 or whatever it was. So uh, Nice. Yeah, plus I got the kill points. Uh, the game went on to turn six. Uh, but in the end, it was just a 15-5 to me, based off just, well, the game might end anyway, I'll lose my Shining Spears, but he he can't physically table me, he doesn't have enough time, so I'll just go for it, and then, yeah, so, I always like playing Lauger, I kind of tweeted about it afterwards, like, saying, oh, nothing happened, I love playing Lauger, and it sounded really sarcastic, but I actually do love playing Lauger, because he's super chill, uh, it's always a nice KG game, we're both massive pussies, so... We just kind of sit there and do our thing and have a fun time with it. So, yeah, really good game, really fun, and got the 15-5 win in the end. Yay. Yay. So, all, everyone wins round one. Adam, how do you do round two? Right. Sorry. Adam, you go first? I'm in the house. I'm trying to catch it. <laughs> Eric's got to get in before Adam spoils it. Where the hell did this come from? <laughs> Where did what come from? What's happened? I've got a big wasp come in the house, Wait. and it just keeps 
buzzing mm. round, mate. It should but... be dead by now, Adam. Like, we can switch to Eric if you want while you kill it, but... No, you're all right. Don't mm. worry. I'll man up. You're a big if boy. It, if it stings me, you'll hear me scream. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, game two, I was playing uh, Kyle Grundy. Ooh, Tao. Yeah. And uh, Kyle's a really nice guy. Mm. And uh, I think I've played him once before. And yes, he had Tao, which is always... Whenever you look at Tao, you're like, oh, God, if I don't go first. Because <laughs> of firepower coming back at you. And the, he had the um, all the marker drones. Yeah. Three riptides. Uh, Wait, marker drones, not shield drones? Uh, sorry, shield drones. Yeah, sorry. okay, sorry. He had uh, three riptides... Um, unit of riptides, loads and loads of shield drones, and a, a couple of characters with lots of guns, mm-hmm. and some strike teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm there, and I'm thinking, oh, God, uh, do I just set up to go for it, or what? And he's discussing ranges, and he's like, well, pretty much he's going to, especially with riptides, shoot me from wherever anyway. So I'm like, oh, I'll just set up and go for it first turn, because the knights have got 36-inch range guns, so mm. apart from the Dominus, so 48-inch range. He's got 36-inch range guns with movements as well. And it's a, well, yeah, and many can use uh, a Montcar kind of declaration, so he can advance and move as well. So he's got Riptides, it's 48 plus an advance move. So yeah, so I've come to the conclusion it wasn't worth trying to settle farther back. I put the Dominus quite far back, mm. and uh, I set up. Uh, ready to get into him and uh, he had a ruin on his side where he could put all the shield drones in obviously because of the line of sight block on level one i couldn't say anything yeah this is the thing with both boards and the shield drones you can just hide them so easily yeah so he had the riptides uh, so the um broadsides on top and the riptides around it and i'm like and he set him up in a way zigzagging yeah that, Every unit was in range of everything else. So with the broadsides, was he running them with one unit free so he could uh, stack stratagems on them, or did he have three units of one so he could get a brigade? Uh, one unit of three. Okay, right. And uh, we had the big roll. We both looked at it and said, um, pretty much who goes first, really. <laughs> How about that, Adam? Yeah. Never had. So we roll. Yeah. I went second. Oh, <laughs> did you seize on him? No, I didn't. I, no. In the end, I rolled about six dice trying to see, so I still couldn't get it. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. So, did he just have a shoot at you then? Well, his first turn, he killed Magnus and killed a knight. Oh, there's two of your model. Yeah, so I'm 50% down. <laughs> okay. And uh, my turn, I fired everything at the um, broadsides because the riptides were higher toughness. I thought, well, I can't wound anything because he's mm. got all the drones. Yeah. So I just put everything into the, um, the broadsides because they're lower toughness. And I think I pretty much got through all the drones or most of the drones in that turn. Yeah. And one one pesky drone was left in one unit and he, he tanked so many feel no pains on it. It was, uh, oh, yeah, both shield drones would feel much less obnoxious if you didn't get the armor save the thing you were shooting at first, plus the feel no pain on the drones. Yeah, to feel no pain, yeah. just so you've you've got you've got this like D six damage weapon shooting at it, 
or 3D3 damage weapon shooting at it. And he's like, yeah, so I'll just go make one fiver. Uh-huh. <laughs> Takes a volcano cannon to the face, <laughs> ail them out, and then dabs on the table. That. So, uh, so I killed all the drones in my turn. His turn, I think he killed another knight. I'm left with the Dominus at the back of the board, trying to stop alive. And I think I, I, at the end of it, I think I killed all the all the um, Riptides. I left the broadsides because I, I saw I was running off at the back of the board, and he was trying to chase me down with his characters and his broadside. And turn six, I get some points out of it. So turn five, I get some points out of it. Turn six, I get some more points out of it. And turns, it went to turn seven and he towered. Oh, yeah. That's just a testament to how powerful that Dominus can be, though, if it's your only model after turn two. Or whatever yeah, well, it was the range, because, yeah. because the setup, because I could get him at the back of the board, uh, put him right at the back of the board mm. and still hit him. He had to start coming towards yeah. me. And then he has to expose oh. his shield drones and he can clear those and now he can start killing his reptiles and his broadsides. Yeah, so it was um, it uh, to play that tell. If I had uh, battle cannons on my knight instead, I would have been fine. Because mm. <laughs> it's like, wow, all of a sudden you have got to move away from your drones first turn. Yeah, and now you're in a bit of trouble. But yeah. uh, as it was, we say we both looked at it and we're like, yeah, whoever goes first is pretty much going to win. Yeah. So there you are. Unlucky, Adam. Okay, Eric, how'd your game go? Uh, so I was playing a very nice chap, I believe his name was uh, Alex. Uh, so he was running a list that Adam would appreciate. So, um, once again, I was running against Knights. He had a Gallant. Actually, he had two Gallants, and he had a Castellan uh, of the Crass uh, variety. Mm-hmm. Then he had Rebute Gilman, and... Three assassins. Mm-hmm. So it's not four models, but it was seven. Nice. Um, so <laughs> I like so, it. Yeah, so, so a lot of this, you know, he had Landstrider on one. You, uh, had a couple different Andy, relics. Were you playing Andy Halliwell? Oh, it was Andy, not Alex. Yeah, it okay, was yeah. Andy. Um, absolute laugh of the chat. Oh, he's we really so nice. Yeah, fun. I love that guy. Yeah. We might have gotten a little too drunk uh, <laughs> after round two. That might have uh, helped me make some mistakes in round three. Foreshadowing. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that one, honestly, the matchup's really in my favor. Mm-hmm. But it did not help that I went first. Uh, so, first turn, I moved my Talos ball into range of a uh, one of the Kassalans, one with Lance Rider, and doom him and kill him. And then oh. he responds, I think he shot the Castellan at a plane. Um, I don't know what the Castellan did, he, but it was not very much. But is that entire uh, game just a blur, Eric? Sorry, what? Is that entire game just a blur after you, uh, <laughs> after you had some Yeah, well, <laughs> the, well, the Castellan got to shoot once, and then he died. Ah, right. Uh, so that, that was turn two, as they killed him, and then half of another night. And then... Uh, <laughs> Then somehow around turn three, the the third knight's dead, um, and I get my grotesques and a unit of Talos and characters into uh, Gilliman, and I get him down to exactly one wound, which was really annoying because I had the Kingslayer card. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it did not absolutely, it absolutely did not matter. Had you already gotten uh, back up again, though? Well, yeah, so then I, in his turn, I kill him, which means that in my turn, I can just shoot him again. And I think I, I, I had a bunch of guys around him, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shoot you with the Farseer jet lights. Or the Farseer is like underslung gun or something like that to just do the final wound of Nasty. Um, so yeah, so that game was another 20 nil to me. Uh, I think I was over around turn four. Yeah. Then we proceeded to drink two or three pints and had a lot of fun and got to go see. I think our game might have even finished faster than Adam's, but because uh, Adam had to play six or seven times. Yeah, I mean, I played the Andy at the GT Heat one a couple of months ago when the World Cup was on. So we just called our game like turn two or turn three and just went to the pub and watching Le Mans. I like it. I'm not talking to you guys. My cat's just attacked me. Well, <laughs> so, no, no, you're fine, you're fine. It's all good. So, uh, in, in round two for me, I was playing Mr. Tony Chu after we got the pairings <laughs> because uh, he and Taff got their pairings the wrong way around. So, he was playing a bunch of guard, a bunch of custo characters mm-hmm. of buffed stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's all I saw, to be honest. So, I started shooting guard. He pushed into the center of the board, which was fine. And I, I couldn't really give him a board center, and he had, like, uh, one custode shield captain on it. So I was like, right, if I give him board center, he's just going to harvest me after him, take all the objectives, and win the game, like, 18-2 or something like that. So I love my uh, Shining Spears into the center of the board. I'm like, right, I'm going to kill the shield captain, I'm going to soul burst back out, and he'll be able to touch me. That's fine. So I jinx the shield captain, I do my shield captain, I get reroll ones off on my Shining Spears, which is fine. I then proceed to shoot it, charge it, Hit it with all my Tempest launches, and the shield captain takes two wounds. Courtesy <laughs> of uh, Chewie rolling four field no pains and passing all of them, which was uh, a bit of a feels bad man, but uh, it happens, it happens. So now my. Totally... Yeah, I know. So now my Shining Spears are stuck in the middle of the board, having Solbus stuff nothing with their dicks in their hands, and uh, his army just walks up and just clears them. So now he has center of the board, so he's got the 18 2, plus I don't have actually very much to clear sections with. Because if we can spread them out, normally they can just pick on individual sides and then just say, right, well, I'll have this bit then and then I'll get some points from here. But no, he can just walk forward and try and swamp my Reapers, which is kind of what happens. He doesn't get that close. We get to, like, turn four, but I'm like, I told him earlier, like, dude, if, if we don't finish this game, we know it's going to be a 20, so I'll just concede. So we got to turn four and I just conceded, so it was fine. Ooh. Ooh. It happens, dude. Yeah. Fun game, but I haven't played Tony in a long time. So last time I played him was when I was sticking land raiders with Dozer blades in cover and immobilizing both of them. So that was like... is he uh, is he still picking up the dice that quick that you can't see him? No, 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 so fast. No, no, that was uh, <laughs> I wasn't even aware. So of fast. He's yeah, so quick. I think he. I think what he does is he's so lightning fast that he rolls the dice and as he's doing it, he rearranges the dice on the table. So yeah, like, he, like the flash. His reflexes are so. <laughs> Put him in net. Put him in net for Man United, man. Yeah, there yeah, go. sounds good. <laughs> I, I was playing with him last year, year before uh, online, um, yeah. on the Open Division, and he's yeah. like, he's, he's so good at the shoot. Look, okay. like, he's <laughs> uh, so you, you were playing Overwatch, right? No, I wasn't. I stopped playing Overwatch. I was playing the Division and Star Wars with him. Oh right, so yeah, okay. I haven't played Overwatch in years, but I know I know him and a couple of other guys were proper into it. So that was that was fine. All right, so going into round three, we've got two of us on one and one, and Eric's flying high on two and zero. Oh. So Adam, do you want to tell us how you closed out right. round one? 
Well, I was playing something I've never played before, actually. Uh, Chris Gent. Ooh. Well, guess, guess what he had? <laughs> I wonder if he had knights. He had Magnus. Hey. Dominus. Oh. Knights. <laughs> ah, right, okay. A real chance for we, Adam to show his quality. We were the only two people there with the list, and we played each other as well. Okay. Uh, I've got to admit, this tournament was not my tiniest hour. And we were there trying to sort out what the mission was. And Chris was a, a ref at the ETC, mm-hmm. and I played at the ETC, and we were using the ETC mission. And between us, we couldn't even figure out what the mission was. It was like, ah. <laughs> it took, everybody else had already started playing, we're still trying to figure out what the mission is. So, okay. <laughs> and uh, we had, we had the, the pre-game talk, as usual, about looked at each other's list and we're like, um, who, who goes first then? <laughs> Was that the conclusion, Adam? <laughs> oh, who goes yeah. first, right? Roll off to win the game, then we'll go for a drink. <laughs> so, uh, so Chris had, because we had both had four models each, uh, the important role, again, was who plays first, so who picks up. And um, Chris had the plus one. So like, oh, okay. mm-hmm. And uh, I beat him on the roll. Whee! I didn't even know we were a result of that. Uh, but every time, Adam, so... oh, I'm so sorry, Adam. Uh, uh, and it, it, it was, I mean, it, it was actually quite a good game. Quite, we had a laugh. It was quite an interesting yeah. game. More interesting than you would expect. Yeah. And uh, he went first. He he killed the double thermal knight. He was very scared of that. And he, he took the Dominus below half wounds and he left Magnus alive. Yeah. But he's uh, uh, like, he got all his buffs up and he's got all his knights, and I've lost one and a half knights now. Mm-hmm. And my turn, my play was right, if I could kill two things, then I'm okay. I've got to kill Magnus with buffs mm-hmm. and kill the Dominus. So I put my Magnus out of his deny range and walked behind him over to tap the Dominus. And I put my double Gatlin Knights up to his Magnus. And I thought, right, if I put all the shooting into into Magnus, then split the Dominus, do a few wounds to his, and try and finish up his Magnus, and then follow up with an assault, I should be able to kill two things there. Mm-hmm. And my Gatlin Knight just done nothing. Is <laughs> that? Uh, I don't think I've done a wound. And it's like, ah, okay. So uh, I killed the Dominus, but it was like, I needed to kill the two things, and it was okay, that's not enough. And he just kills uh, a knight again in my turn. Mm-hmm. He killed more than a knight. It's like, uh, but I think I made a slight error in play. I think I should have gone all out and tried Gone, gone into night rounds and tried to get um, Death Hex off on Magnus. Mm. And it, that would have been all or nothing. If I get it off, then I'm in, because he left my Magnus alone, if I get it off, then I'm, I'm in with a chance then. Because I, I, I could still yeah. assault the Dominus and then shoot his Magnus to death. Yeah, I, I guess it's one of those plays where if you may, if you go for it, it's, it's not very likely to go off. But if you don't even go for it at all, you're probably just going to lose slowly rather than just either dragging yourself back into the game or getting smashed. Yeah, which is pretty much what happened. So I think, was it was it the right call to shoot Magnus? Well, if I've done some wounds, yeah. But 
in in hindsight, I should have just gone gone for the if I get their pecs off and then fine. If not, you win in any way. Yeah. But uh, we had a good game and I got tabled. I mean, when you've only got four models, I guess it's not not hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> durable. But if you're losing, it's just yeah. But luckily, I'll say we dragged the game out because we couldn't read. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, with your eight models. All right. Eric, how'd your uh, game free go, buddy? All right. So uh, I was playing on table one Ooh. against uh, Conrad. On the stream? <laughs> I was on the stream, yes. Okay. Which, uh, unfortunately, as the foreshadowing has gone, was probably not the best one to be at my stream. Because they immediately start by telling Yank that he can't curse on the stream, so what is the first thing I do? I literally turn to the entire room and try and crowdsource as many curse words as I can. It's okay. On uh, uh, game five, me and Alex and Mark were caught talking about my, the size of my cock in the background. So uh, I think you're all right. Uh, that could be really good or really bad. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Depending well, what the context was, uh, that well, I mean, could be a bad Mark's, Mark's seen it, so uh, I'll let him tell you. <laughs> I feel like we need not an entire another podcast episode on how that story unfolded. <laughs> we, we did. We cut that bit out. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're in this one, and I will preface this. I was a little drunk, uh, which is not the greatest way to be on stream, but I didn't care. Um, so he was running... Eldar, Yanari, you know what you love it, Double Spears. Um, and a big part of this comes down to who goes first, as Adam has been foreshadowing. Um, I make a bit of a deployment mistake in that my planes, I do not uh, bubble wrap. Uh, but I did leave them close enough that if he goes for it with the spears, that he uh, ends up in charge range of the towers. So he runs over with his... Uh, so, sorry. Uh, and also the objectives ended up by another mistake of mine slightly deployed on his side of the table. So there's like three objectives around the middle piece of terrain and all like 12 inches in a triangle. But ideally I would have liked the two of those objectives to be on my side, not on his side. But I wasn't quite looking at how the objectives were deployed because I was drunk um, when we did that. So he had a couple side advantages with him going first. And this mission was pretty funky. Uh, and this is one we, this was ended up being mission six at ETC, which was also pretty much the mission at ETC where you either got a zero or a 20, um, because basically you got to draw cards for everything, every additional uh, unit you killed mm -hmm. up to six cards. Um, so Maelstrom could really spire. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you were also, if I remember correctly, you were getting a point for every objective you controlled at the end of your turn. Mm -hmm. Um, so he gets first, he goes for it, he brings a unit of spears over. Um, he goes after my boy Raven first, and he kills it uh, in the shooting phase. And then the assault phase, he uh, charges a uh, unit of spears into one of my razor wings and into um, some racks. And he makes a big mistake here. He doesn't um, put all of his attacks into the razor wing. So I use lightning flash reflexes, so all of a sudden he's hitting on fours with the... Uh, and he doesn't kill the razor wing. He leaves it on a couple wounds left, and that's important because he can't soul burst. So then I bring over two units of Talos on my turn, and I make a call to use my chain flails rather than macro scapples, 
Now, because he is fortunate enough, there's not like the math is really close on those. But basically, he uh, rolls pretty well. I guess I roll about what I should have, maybe a little lower. And so I, I, I get the unit down to about three, but it's not dead. Um, but I, I've kind of advanced on objectives here. Turn two, he kind of, I mean, he falls with that unit back from close combat, doesn't really do anything. He just kind of sits around, brings a second unit of spears to, I don't even remember what. I think it was attacking a Talos unit that moved forward. Uh, does decently at him. Uh, with Reapers and kills most of the Talos unit, but that's acceptable to me. Um, oh, sorry. Also, I mentioned the first, I forgot to mention the first turn. I moved my two remaining flyers up and um, I managed to kill the uh, Quicken and the Jinx uh, Warlocks. Wow. That's Just, cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I had a card to do big. it and they were there. So, yeah, I, I'm not even sure if he got off Jinx. I don't, I don't think he used Jinx the entire game. Was he I mean, protecting like one Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the one turn. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I think he failed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oopsie. Yeah. Whoops. It was just one of those. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, but So that so that had been, like, a moment of clarity among my uh, insobriety. Um and then turn and turn two after he does that, he makes a big mistake that I try and capitalize on. Uh, his spears, or sorry, his um, reapers were behind a wall, and he hadn't screened out on the other side of that wall. So I dropped down my unit of seven grotesques. Uh, and if I make this charge, I win the game. But uh, even with the reroll, I fail the charge there, and then eventually they get uh, knocked down. I mean, I'm still holding in it, um, you know, killing units here and there. But it ends up being a sixteen to four loss to me. Mm. Well, you still got uh, points out of it, though. Oh yeah, no, I, I've gotten good enough for the Drukari that I rarely, if ever, get zeroed. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it was a little so tough. That, so how do bends? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where uh, I need more practice against them. Just to make sure I have all the tricks or tricks down. So don't worry, Tom. I'll be calling for you at some no, point. No, that's fine. We'll have some games, dude. We'll go to work and we'll have some games, dude, right? Yeah. I you mean we'll drink that. beer and then stare at our models? I mean, it sounds like uh, this game that you just played was kind of fun. So, yeah. It <laughs> sounds like it'll work. Yeah. But Conrad was a uh, super fun to play. We, you know, really chill, uh, relaxed game. We played rules as intended as opposed to, like, rules as... Uh, yeah, written. uptight. Yeah. Uh, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or sorry, rules is intended and like things that we declared. Play by intent. So there were a couple things where like I didn't see you know behind the building and he let yeah. me move it. Just sort of that. As a gent does. No, no one uh, said that they didn't have anything on an objective and it, they just lifted up a building and there was something behind it, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got really mad when we moved the piece of train that literally didn't matter. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, well. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But, uh, last game of the day. You, yeah. All right. And you were drunk. And you were drunk. Cool. Sounds like a Tom, fun game. So I was playing against uh, Jonathan Taft Jones, who is mm -hmm. running uh, Thousand Sons and Chaos Space Marines. So I've played him uh, once before, I think. I played him at uh, a one day or at Element, the uh, one that Dobby ran. So he had uh, 127 cultists, I think. 30 Zangors, two Demon Princes, Araman, Abaddon, bunch of Psychers, all that jazz. So he. He gets first turn, and he... I oh, know he doesn't get first turn, I get first turn this time. And he uh, he walks up with, like, a unit of cultists that he alpha legions forward nine inches. So I shoot it, and it dies. 
and then he runs the rest of his army into me. And uh, basically what he's trying to do is just trying to push me into the corner and take as many progressive points on the objectives as he can. Whereas I'm just killing his units and drawing Maelstrom cards, but it's difficult for me to get at them because a lot of the objectives are just kind of just sat under stuff and you no know, prisoners and stuff is hard because his units are so big. Uh, but I'm not letting him wrap up my units so he can't lock himself down in combat. But mm -hmm. the, the big swing kind of comes in turn two where he, he has one unit of 40 cultists that I'm uh, dedicated firing all my shots at with the exception of some Shining Spears that have run around to an objective, cleared the unit of 27 cultists. So he had two units of 40, one unit of, uh, sorry, two units of 10, and then one unit of 27. Mm -hmm. So I dedicate all my Reapers, all my uh, Rangers, my Swooping Hawks, and all of that jazz into this one unit of cultists, and I leave mm -hmm. it alive with one model. So oh, being, no. I know, it's really sad. <laughs> so, because uh, uh, my last two Tempest Lodges get like seven shots between them and then cause two wounds or something on the last three guys. So that was a bit sad, but never mind. So he died of traitors, he brings them all on, makes a massive arc around one side of the board, and uh, tries to make a charge. He then makes two 12 inches charges that turn. Uh, oh, but he's only, hitting, uh, he's only hitting Swooping Hawks, and he's hitting a Wave Serpent. And then he smites off my Shining Spears, which is like, fine, we've done my job. And I'm basically spending the rest of the game just trying to push him off the board, which is how the game normally goes. He runs into my face, I'm boxed in, I try and table him. And that's all it is, especially with progressive missions, because he takes a load of points. So he got a bunch of points off standing on objectives. I'm slowly pushing him back. If it ends turn five, it's like a 12-8 to me because I'm really far ahead in Maelstrom at this point because I've been killing units the entire time. Mm -hmm. But uh, it goes on. I finish off Abaddon and it ends with a 20 nil to me. Nice. nice. I'm, I'm never sure on the cultist horde like that. Yeah. Whether when you're shooting at a unit and you get it to half, say, half inch. Yeah. But you should just leave it and start shooting at another unit and trying to get that to half. I honestly because think it depends. So because, if Yeah, that yeah. problem where you've left one alive, it is Yeah. If you have multiple cultist units that are all kind of presenting a front against you, so let's say you have hundred and twenty cultists for example, and you have three units of forty and they're all kind of stacked up and they're all kind of a similar distance for you to you from the front guys, right? I think what you do then is you is you take a few out of each unit because there's no obvious target for you to tie the traitors. Whereas if you've got the cultists coming at you in waves, so a unit of 40 all at one time, but another unit of 40 behind it, and then another unit of 40 behind it, you go for it one at a time. So I actually played against, uh, when I played Lauga last, he was doing a similar thing and he had 120 cultists and I was just removing 20 from each unit rather than um, focusing on any one unit because it's about what the cultists can do so if you have one yeah. unit of four you just kill the entire unit and the rest of the cultists can't touch you whereas if you have three units you, you let's say you focus one unit and kill it okay but then now you've got the other two to deal with so i don't know i, I feel like it depends on how the cultists are being played and how the terrain is looking yeah very true i mean it's a fact as well he's gonna save the ties of traitors yeah. where if you if you've shot a 40-man unit mm. and you've managed to kill it, great. Then you're going to shoot at another 40-man unit and you have to you have to kill that again. Yeah. If you fail that, it's always it's always there. Yeah. Where, as you said, it is situational. If you're taking bits out of each unit, then it does make him think twice. Exactly, it? exactly. Whereas with this one, he kind of... So when I got to shooting at that 40-man cultist unit that came back... He had one unit of 40 cultists, one unit of 30 zangors, two units of 10 cultists, and a unit of 27. The unit of 27 was gone, I'd already dealt with it. So if I 
the only target that he really has is that unit of 40. So if I can blow away that unit of 40, which mathematically I should have killed about 50, 55, um, it's, it's not a problem. But, you know, it's, shit happens. And at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. So whatever. Yeah. Nice, nice win. All right. So we all headed off to bat after that day, I think. Did you guys go out for food? Uh, I went home because I was only 50 minutes away. So All right, yeah. I yeah. And then we went to TGI Fridays because Ooh. we were curious how good or bad it was in the UK compared to the US. How was it? Um, and it was okay. But, I mean, <laughs> by, like, English standards of trying to do Mexican food, it did fine for what I had. But that's a really low bar. Okay. I mean, like, you guys notice how the UK just can't do Mexican food? Yeah, I, I ate a lot of burritos while I was out in the States, so. It was very depressing, you know, the tour of it. Like, literally, when Taco Bell looks pretty good for Mexican, you got problems. <laughs> what, what was wrong? Was, was there just no wall or something? Um... We advertised a uh, flour tortilla, and then it came, and it was fried. Like, like it was not soft tortilla. Um, the meat that I had on it, the, it, it wasn't like a, you know, you, you get a burrito, and it's wrapped. No, it was just kind of like fried chips, and they just threw random stuff on top of it. And I couldn't wrap it and put it in my mouth. Like, I had to use fork and knife. I was so confused. It sounded like... Who does not need utensils? Who just needs to shove in the face? So is that an it's open a... invitation to your house to uh, have proper Mexican food? I mean, if you're going to come down, we will serve you some proper Mexican food. Oh, I'd love to see that. Or I mean, you have to understand, our idea of proper Mexican food is taco salad with uh, crumpled Dorito chips in it. Okay, so you're but not going the, to Tesco's and getting those food packets. chips that I think on base. <laughs> All right. So, Tom's food uh, sounded the best. Tom, down Tom's the eating out. Oh, yeah, I'm always eating out. Come on, Tom. What happened to you? Oh, right. Yeah, I went to a KFC, and uh, one of the, st the staff members had Tourette's, but she was really nice about it, and uh, I was nice about it too, and they gave me some free chicken. But that's just brilliant. A staff member serving with Tourette's. And, and what was her issue? She oh, wasn't she was, swearing. Was no, she? no, she was just shouting no at the customers, which was kind of fun. No all the time. Yeah. So, so you ordered, <laughs> you really ordered wanna, a chicken like, sandwich. No. No. <laughs> have, but, have a meal. No. But she took it really well, though. So uh, she, was, she was doing fine with it. So we had a bit of a laugh and I got some uh, extra popcorn chicken and some mini fillets, which is all right. Worth it. I, I, I immediately thought when I got to the hotel that I'd taken someone else's order, but no. All right, sweet, thanks. So yeah, it was pretty good. So we had a nice rest. We had the pairings go up for round four during the uh, evening, and as customary, they weren't accurate because people dropped out. So Adam, who were you playing, Rabiano? Who were you playing round four, and uh, how did it go? Originally, I was playing a, did a nid list, one of the Dutch guys, and I was looking forward to playing it um, so I could see what it does. It loads of gene stealers and... And it looked like a list I could go second against without losing all my army first turn. <laughs> what uh, you're describing, by the way, sounds like uh, how guys got to experience what Chernids did at ETC. Yeah, possibly. But, but that was changed. Uh, he was actually playing on the table next to me, and I was playing a, a guy now, James Farmer. Mm -hmm. And he, he had a guard list with sisters. Ooh. So he had, 
had this the add-on science and it was lots of guard lima rossi's uh with battle cannons and Laza cannon sponsors uh pask with a gatling cannon and plasma sponsors and big super heavy tank the hell hammer so um i looked at the super heavy and i'm like Oh, you've got all re-rolls against was Chaos it, as well. Was it the, uh, what is it, the, the Shadow Sword, or was it the Bane Hammer? The Hellhammer, I think. It's oh, the Hellhammer, I think. Is that Demolish more of a movement? Demolisher Cannon? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's got lots of Laz Cannons. Demolisher <laughs> It has cannons. lots of Laz Cannons on it. Yeah, it's <laughs> lots of firepower. And, uh, well, so I looked at it, and, like, uh, and he looked at mine, and he's like, uh, and we're like, so who goes first then? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went first. <laughs> you got sorry, Eric? I said, did you go first, Adam? Yes, I did. I, I went first. Right. So, go, Adam. Since I wasn't particularly doing very well as well, I was quite relieved going first. <laughs> and um, it was it was quite funny because I set it up. He had it, where he had the. Um, the Russies in one corner and the Howl Hammer in the other corner. So I set it up and walked behind Magnus over so we could have sought the Howl Hammer. And I had the um, the thermal knight and I thought, oh, I'll shoot shoot at a Howl Hammer just in case I, I don't I roll bad with Magnus and don't get it outright. So um, I shot it with the thermal cannon, the double thermal cannon, and uh, I one shot it basically Ooh. the thermal knight. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Okay. Well, the Magnus was standing there like, uh, "Oh, I've got ten guardsmen." I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh, by the way, Magnus can't actually kill ten guardsmen without morale. Yeah, no, I, I never rolled any sixes for extra attacks, so no, I didn't kill him. And then uh, the Dom the uh, Dominus shot at the Russies, and I, I killed one and a half. The other knight killed. Another tank. And it was a pretty good first turn, to be fair. And um, he's turned back with one and a half Russies left. He took the uh, Dominus to almost dead. Wow, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, that's right. Mean, what was, was he? It? What was he firing at it? It was battle cannons. How many? Cannons. <laughs> yeah. It was just two tanks. One okay. Half, half dead. Is that was one of them pass. Pask by chance? Uh, no, I killed Pask. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. <laughs> okay, that's some good rolling. Better kill those then. Yeah, I never made any any saves, and it was like, wow. <laughs> well, that'll happen. But um, but the damage had been done in my first turn, and it was just a case of uh, slowly mopping it up. Yeah. So that ended up a, uh, a tabling again. So that, that's, that's four tablings I've been involved in now. <laughs> so Whoever went you. first got the tabling. I mean, while you were talking about your damage dealt, I suffered a simultaneous nosebleed, so I've now got toilet paper from my paint station up my nose. So, uh, yeah, oh. it seems pretty powerful. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so effective, Adam. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm now feeling uh... the effects three weeks later. On the other side of the country. <laughs> not bad, not bad. All right, Eric, how did your oh. game four go? Uh, much better than my game three. Okay. So I was playing an awesome chap uh, named Andrew Putt. 
Okay. Uh, a couple of you may know him. He's uh, more local to Telford area, but he runs a fantastic YouTube channel called D6 Evolution. Oh, cool. I'll check that out. I um, love it. Yeah, so I like his, I mean, I'm going to pimp his channel for a second. I really like his because it's not just, here's a battle report. I moved my stuff here. I did that. He does a um, fair bit specifically on tactics and, and different why phases. Uh, yeah, why you do things, uh, which I find infinitely more helpful. And I may have actually used several of the tricks that he talked about during the weekend. I'm not <laughs> sure if I used any of them specifically against him because that would be cruel. But uh, yeah, so that one, uh, he was running custodes and guard and a knight. If you guys haven't noticed, I've played against a lot of knights, which I'm really okay with. Yeah. Um, so he had... Uh, Pretty much obligatory custodes, what you'd expect. A shield captain, a banner of minus one hit guy on foot, three units of four bikers, um, minimum guard battalion, mm -hmm. and then a crusader knight with iron storm missile pod and thermal. Um, so I will preface this all with he very much didn't know how to approach my army. It was his first time playing against Talos. Um, so I had first turn and he had smartly deployed his, uh, night about third, it was like 33 inches away from my Talos. So what it would mean is that I would have to move forward in advance. So I'd be hitting him a minus one to hit and be right in front of all of his, uh, bikers that I would get shot and charged and, the whole thing about this was going to be range control. So instead of going for the knight the first turn, what I did is I just moved to right at 24, a little closer than 24. Um, yeah, it must have been. It was, I moved to about 22 inches away from him and uh, shot him with just everything I had, did some smites or whatnot. And I killed two bikers and I got one down to a wound. Um, from all from one unit and eh, it was good enough given the circumstances um, his turn one he moves up fires all his guys and kills about a Talos and then he fires his knight at one of my flyers I'm like sure he does three the flyers with knights don't they yeah, people like to do that and it just never <laughs> ends very well for them. Yeah. like because what they don't know is secretly I don't care about my flyers it's almost like they're there to die yeah, <laughs> or to like just be generally obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, between flyer blocking, character sniping, mm. I don't know. They, they just they're obnoxious and it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so in this, I had deployed my flyers super passively and basically just moved them along my own board edge for the first turn. They were just buying their time. Um, and then yeah, so he kills one Talos with all his older shooting as one does and he has a nine inch and two seven inch charges and the first unit rolls he rolls like a or a five and a one and he goes to cp reroll the one Spence. and i back Yay. <laughs> and then oh, he goes second seven inch with a uh this was the wounded unit so he had one biker on one wounds and a full biker Overwatch kills the one wound biker and then he fails the charge. Mm -hmm. And then he goes for the nine inch charge and fails the charge. Oh, no. So his no. bikers are there. Just, just stood there with the dicks in the hands. Yeah. Wow. Uh, how, have you, 
how have you found VEC with the changes? Um, so I'm good for one VEC. So I just have to choose what my VEC is. Um, in many ways, it's liberating because it's a lot easier to choose what the one VEC is than what the second or third VEC is. Mm. Uh, it also lets me play with my other tools. Mm. Like for the first time ever, I used the stratagem uh, in my third game of uh, when a unit fails a morale check and within six inches of a uh, coven unit, one additional unit runs away for one, or one additional model runs away for one CP. That's really nice when it's an additional spear running away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I get to play with my codex more, which is fun. Yeah. Um, it kind of way take, I feel like it kind of takes away the hamstring of just vecting everything. So now yeah. you actually think about it, like if one vect is often all you need to turn a game, for example, like on one commander or for example on an important charge or one final uh, no. fade when playing against Eldar or something like this. Well, like, like one full tilt. Yeah, or one full tilt. Exactly. So it's just, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where you, it's you don't really need to use it liberally to to win games and yep. it forces you it's, to be a bit more discerning so you, i mean once you have learned to use it properly you can then make better use of the rest of these directions it forces you into a position where you have to learn how to use it better also right. i think because you're not using it willy-nilly your opponent might start to forget about it <laughs> and you'll hit him at this one time and you'll be like oh no <laughs> yeah which i'm sure happened on that charge yeah well not much uh, is there Right. Well, I mean, like, it was kind of that he had to go for it. Because yeah. I had just enough firepower that he was going to lose, or in his perception, he was going to lose the uh, long-term battle. Yeah. Now, remember, I also have the Farseer there, who's just, like, doing little bits of mortal wounds here and there. Yeah. So, like, my power air power is actually comparable to his, yeah. uh, especially with Doom, when he doesn't block it with the Custodes chat. Yeah, I still think it is a favorable matchup to you, though. Like... It is. Even if he goes for it, because I've played that matchup a lot, admittedly, with a slightly different list with gallants and smash captains and what have you, but it's really, really difficult to chunk through those talos, and we just drag mm -hmm. you down. Yeah, and it's also um, Vexator Mask. Is yeah, so big. it's so powerful, man. Um, so yeah, so the turn two, the pivotal stuff kind of goes. I uh, use the Vexator Mask to block Overwatch charging the one unit. The talos going through the second one. My grotesques in a theme... Failed their charge once they dropped in, but it was fine. Um, and basically here I kill seven bikes. I think I killed seven bikes that turn. Ouch. Um, wow. And did six wounds to the knight. Um, and so, yeah, at that point, it's... No, I'm sorry. I killed four bikes. But it had the rest of them locked up. I killed one unit fully. Well, sorry, I killed the one man. I killed a four man. And then there's three left in one other unit. But they're locked up with the unit of Talos. Mm -hmm. So then in his turn, he basically falls back those bikers to go and shoot and kill my Farseer. Because they just didn't want to hang out with those Talos anymore. Um, and then moves the knight up to try and tie up some Talos. But... But you know how I said he had 18 wounds left? Mm -hmm. He tried to engage two units of Talos. Uh-oh. And so... I do just <laughs> enough. No, actually, no, I'm. that's a lie. Was this with I the Gallant, I get him down to a single wound. Ah. 
Maybe he's so, just going for that explosion. Uh, well, so it, it actually worked out best for me because what I did is I moved seven or 6.1 inches away in my turn. I actually fell back all of my Talos. Yeah. Um, because it was just like, I'm just going to kill him in shooting, but I need yeah. to start moving out to clear objectives. Yeah. And that's what it, the grotesque would failed their charge, end up going to clear one objective, and then they'll eventually spend the game kind of tying themselves out between multiple objectives, killing guardsmen. They killed the knight that turn. I killed the last of the bikers, minus the shield captain that turn. Yeah. Um, oh, funniest part of this. <laughs> the shield captain, uh, or, yeah, bottom one. So I had moved some karats up, or sorry, some racks up to the midfield to grab one objective that was there. He moved seven inches away from me. He decides that he needs extra movement to get onto the objective, so he doesn't uh, shoot me. He just uh, charges me the shield captain. And first of all, I'm looking at him like, he's got five attacks. I have five guys. I'm leadership eight with a four plus invul. This isn't going to go very well for him. So not only does he not kill anyone, I get three wounds through on him with oh, my no. rats. Oh, no. <laughs> Funnily enough, I did not kill him that game. That was the only reason he didn't get tabled. Um, racks weren't good enough in close combat, man. Need to upgrade <laughs> to Talos. Racks are OP. Uh, well, they are really good, dude. Like, you've got the Tide of Trade stratagem as well. Yeah, you yeah. a big break and you can... Just... They, they are a deceptively good troop choice. Mm, yeah. Um, and so then... Uh, yeah, so it ended up being a 20 nil to me, basically. Okay, so it didn't uh, really matter yet. Uh, yeah, so, so I was sitting pretty well at that point on 64. Nice. Is that all right? Yeah, 64. All right. So I was playing against Christian Moore, who uh, I was not originally paired against, but uh, that was fine. He's a good dude. And he was running Nurgle, so he had the tree. He had three bricks of 30 plague bearers, I think. He had two squads of nine uh, plague drones, and we had all the characters. And it was a mission that was Dawn of War. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening was I stuck all my LR on one side, pretty much, with the exception of a couple of units that had Phantasm over everything that wasn't, like, Shining Spears, or mm -hmm. the Warlock with Jinx, who was on a bike. So I put them all in the corner, basically tried to spread them out, and then I tried to bait him onto the other side of a board. So I had the Shining Spears just kind of just jiggling down on the left-hand side with some rangers stood and objectives. I was like, right, okay, come and clear these. Uh, and if you do, I'll just kill you piecemeal, right? So he's running at me with two squads of 30 plague bearers and one squad of plague drones rather than all of it at one go. And then, so he starts sending his plague drones and his plague bearers down. And then eventually, when I, I start shooting stuff, he's like, actually, no, I'm going to... And he changes his mind, he doubles back, and he gets a big charge off on a wave serpent, which basically means now everything's at my face. Uh, the main problem here was... In turn two, when I was aiming to kind of get most of my hurt down, I had my Farseer go up and try to cast Doom on one of the units. I mean, I'm like, okay, well, if I do that, he's just going to charge a Farseer. So uh, I had the Warlock with Quicken stood next to him. So I put my Seer Council on the Warlock with Jinx, casts a power, and he rolls a double six to cast Jinx on it. I command reroll it. It's another six, so it's another double six. He takes two wounds on mortal wounds uh, from the perils and then he uses a stratagem to give me extra mortal wounds so the jinx warlock dies i then cast quicken on my farseer get another double six farseer moves back after casting his doom but then the quicken warlock also dies uh i clear out most of his plague drones i clear out most of his plague bearers and i am basically just trying to tag up his plague bearers now because he's had to move out of range of his tree 
so that he can't charge my Dark Reapers. So I've got Yvrain ready to charge the tip of his Playberry unit, so he's, she's only getting hit by like one guy. And then she perils this. She takes three wounds, and then the Plague Bearers turn around and punch her in the head, and she dies. <laughs> so uh, in, the, in the end, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too great. I mean, it's not a great matchup for me anyway. I've, uh, I've got some tricks now that I think I can, I can actually deal with it. So I'm playing a little bit too much by the book, and I need to try and start forcing mistakes and going to win those kinds of matchups. But um, yeah, so that ended up being a 20 nil to him, just because he walked into my face and tagged on my Reapers. But uh, at the end of the game, he just had... I'm actually just going to kill his Warlord with Swooping Hawks chasing him around the board. So I think he had one Demon Prince on two wounds, three Plague Bearers, and the Scrivener left. And that was it. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so I was, I was pleased I managed to get rid of that much. But uh, the game went to turn seven, and there was no way I was going to remove those with the two units of Rangers and the one unit of Swooping Hawks I had. But uh, he was so far ahead in Maelstrom, it was insane. So I think he got the was 20. Was this progressive scoring as well? I, I think it might have been, but I can't remember. I was uh, too busy in a daze trying to clear out as many like walking turds as I could. So, but, uh, tough game, good opponent though. So, had a lot of fun. So, mm -hmm. Not a big deal. Nice I love to see. The demon list, so because yeah, yeah, and well, I, pl I play against Scott Nichols quite a lot, who who runs uh, Noble Demons, and he's he's quite good at them as well. So uh, it's it's always good to play that matchup, and I think that one I learned quite a lot from. So we get to play it again. Good stuff. How'd your uh, final game go, Adam? Uh, my final game was against uh, Stephen Box, who I played. Oh, I like uh, Stephen, yeah. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I played yeah. him for the first time at Battlefield. Yeah. And he was using a similar list to what he had now, an Elder list. Yeah, so I was meant to play him at the ESC, but they changed your pairings. But, uh, but uh, yeah. But, he, yeah, he changed his list slightly from when I played him last time. And I was using Magnus and Three Knights last time, and he went first, and, yeah, he won last time. <laughs> he, he went first, and went Adam first. happened, yep. Uh, but this time, <laughs> this time, Did you I go got first? to go first. <laughs> but it, his elder list is quite interesting because he has the um, character that teleports, the new, um, what's it called? I'm trying to find oh, uh, it. Arn? Yeah, Arcane, something like that. Uh, the elder character that teleports. Yeah, the um, uh, new new one. Oh, the Yunkan. Yeah, the Yunkan. That's the one. Yeah, there yeah. you go. The Yanari one. Yeah, Big and um, you don't really see it, do you? I know, no. it seats. Thank you. And, oh, well done. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> well done. So, yeah. basically, he, he had um, the, the teleporting character Warlocks and Farseers, uh, Rangers, uh, Die Avengers, Shining Spears, one Shining Spear unit, one big Reaper unit and um, a Hemlock, Swooping Hawks, and a Wave Serpent to hide the Reapers. Yeah. And uh, luckily, as I said, I went first, so it's like, okay, game on. And uh, my first shot was, right, I'll, well, the plan was I'll kill the, uh, the Wave Serpent, and then I'll put the Iron Storms into the Reapers to try and kill some Reapers. So... Mm -hmm. Dominus, re-roll strat. First gun I fired was a lance, and it blew up. Well, killed the wave serpent. And I'm like, That's pretty impressive. 
Yeah, because I was on an arm and should I split the shot? So I'm like, no, I'll make sure it's dead. Put it all on. So the first gun I fired, oh, it's dead. <laughs> so, okay, I'll take that. I wanted to kill it. I just wasted a lot of shots. But yeah, So that, that's good. So then the other two nights, I put the Iron Storms into the Reapers mm-hmm. and I didn't kill one. He used the, uh, the cover strap, so he had a, an extra save. Mm-hmm. But it's so, like, ah, bugger, I never killed one. Uh, I, I could I could shoot the hemlock with the thermal cannon, so I shot that, and I think I left it like two wounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, that was my turn one. So his turn, he uh, decided to move the spears up and then shoot Magnus. So he's putting the spears into my Gatlin knight and uh, shooting the Reapers at Magnus. And he got the uh, the power up to shoot him in the psychic phase. And I think I failed one save. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah. I'll take that. Then he shot him in the um, shooting phase. And again, I think I failed one save. So I've survived what should have been a dead Magnus, really. Uh, that was pretty good, and I killed three or four of the uh, spears on Overwatch because he forgot. I well, he didn't realize I had heavy climbers on the Gatlin. How did his spears? What was his spears composition? So was he running one unit, one big unit like me, or two kind of slightly smaller units? Uh, one big unit of nine or ten, whatever the maximum. Nine max is the maximum. Yeah. Yeah, one big unit of nine. Okay. And. Uh, so I killed a few in Overwatch, and he did actually do an awful lot of damage to the knight with them. Mm-hmm. It was uh, more than I expected, because last time I played him, they didn't do that much. Mm-hmm. And um, I, my turn, right, the knight's still alive. I fall out of combat to shoot him, uh, start shooting at some other bits, fire at the Reapers again with the Iron Storms. I still don't kill them. Most <laughs> <laughs> tanky Reapers, dude, what can you do? Is that, so uh, durable about Toughness 3. But, Jesus. But anyway, I've moved out of combat. I'm a, a little bit away from the Shining Spears, mm-hmm. and I shoot the Shining Spears, and I kill him, and then it comes into play with a teleporting character. Oh, oh Bianchan, yeah. Well, actually, but, with Bianchan now, since the uh, big FAQ dropped, you can deploy it on the board. So before, yeah. what you used to be able to do beforehand was it, it, could, it had to be deployed in reserve, so if you just don't kill it until turn... If you don't kill anything until turn four, it physically can't come in. I mean, yeah, the no, no one would ever do it, but it, it is better now. It yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's so good, dude. If you use it well, but it's really, really good. He did use it very well, and I say he's teleported three inch away from the knight, so in my turn he can heroic intervene and attack the knight. Yeah. Oh god, here we are. I, sh- I should have seen it come in and move further away. But well, now that... you know. Yeah. Well, you'd think. <laughs> anyway, I remind you next Any, tournament, buddy. It's fine. So, so, so anyway, my turn, and I can't remember how long it, it, it gets in a situation. I can't remember what turn this was. That uh, he charges into Magnus with the uh, the big character and doesn't kill Magnus. And I think Magnus is down to one wound. He's down to like two wounds, and he sort of fluffed it because he hasn't killed Magnus. I'm like, oh great, my go. So, I draw the stratagem at the, sorry, uh, Maelstrom, where it's priority orders with the Warlord, mm-hmm. and it was kill a character. I'm in combat with this character. I'm like, right, okay. Oh, I've only got one wound. I'm getting no buffs. 
If I fall out of combat, I can't charge anything. Uh, I can kill it with smite, but I've got no buffs, and I'm in deny range. And I'm like, oh, right, I'll stop in combat. Fa- fail the smite, where he denies it. Then mm-hmm. I'll proceed to declare to shoot at units. And as soon as I've done it, I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> so I kill, I kill some units, and he's like, teleport out. God, what an idiot. <laughs> I can't believe I've done it's, it. It's such a pain in the ass that kind of is used well. It, it, it is. Every, it can potentially be everywhere, just setting stuff up. So. But then, because where he's teleported, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll assault it with a knife. And where Magnus was stranded, I'll, I'll go for a long charge with Magnus. I'll declare that and some troops. And then I get the knight in. Magnus fails the charge in the character, so I get into the troops. on one wound, so it's a bit dodgy. And I'm like, right, I'll attack with Magnus. So I'm like, oh, fuck, what have I done? <laughs> So I'll kill the troops, and it teleports away from oh, the night. Oh, no, Adam. Oh, three times. I'm like, this is not my finest hour, is it? It's like, I really played this bad. It's, it's game five, Adam. It's okay. It's okay. So uh, it, I really played it bad, and Stephen actually played it really well. But I still I managed to pull it through, and it got to the end. We, we're, we're trying to rush to get the turns in. We're going into... What, with your four-model army? Yeah, my four-model army. <laughs> It was uh, quite a tactical game. Right. And he's, he's down to his hid ranger in the top corner. Yeah. So you got and the Incarn in the end, yeah? Yeah, he had a couple. Yeah, got it in the end. Well, he's got then. a couple of models left, and I've actually ended up tabling him. Okay, nicely but, done. But because we were rushing, he didn't realise that I could see his ranger hiding in the corner by moving the Dominus. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, bit bit of sweet because he probably yeah. could have hit it so I couldn't see it but yeah. in the end it, it was alright it didn't really matter it was just one of them things yeah and it meant I was involved in five tablings so <laughs> I went first three times very consistent second two times I won the three lost the two <laughs> <laughs> five tablings very yeah. consistent Adam nicely done eight fed yeah <laughs> interactive <laughs> gameplay Name a better duo. But I really, I think overall, I didn't play the tournament very well. I made some silly mistakes. And that last game was just like, really? Am I really doing this? (laughs) But at least you have the perspective to see that. I mean, three and two, I mean, I don't know if you're like happy about or disappointed with that, but at least you have the perspective to see what you did wrong in the games you won. So it's not like, oh, well, I won, it doesn't matter. You've been able to see and identify what you can fix going into future tournaments. I think what it is, I mean, that list I took, I think it is, it's, it's, a, it's a free, it's a free, three wins, four wins list. It's yeah. not going to win a tournament. No. Uh, and I think the problem is as well, I think I'm switching off a bit because eight is very, not all, all games, but on the whole, eight is very easy. It's not yeah. great. Well, game. compared to the like 5th, 6th, and 7th, yes, 100%. Yeah, and a lot of time, 1st turn wins, as, as shown in this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, it's tabling. And after time, I'm not even bothering to play the missions anymore. Yeah, well, I think that's the, the last point is the main issue. Like, with most of my missions, I don't even... With most of my games, I don't even remember what the missions are, to be perfectly honest with you. And with, with regards to the 1st turn thing, I, I don't think it's always the case. I think it's whoever gets the turn that they actually want. 
wins. Yeah. So a lot of the time, like in fact, most of my games, I'm actually giving people first turn because I don't mind playing playing second. So but that's it's... the thing. You've got Aldar. Yeah, and exactly. Aldar is so strong because mm. when I say Aldar, I mean all the Aldars, the Harlequins, yeah. Dark Aldars. Harlequins is another discussion, second. I think, because of the FAQ, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what makes them so strong is they can go second. Yeah. It's like t- Tower Phenomenal Army. Tower can't really go second that well. And what makes it a great tournament winning army is some of what can go second. There's not many what can do it. I mean, I think Tau can go second, but it, it depends on what they're facing and how many shield drones they have stacked in, really. Yes, yeah, shield drones are, are and how the board is set up. If you can hit the shield drones and then take the hit back afterwards, then you're flying against Tau, no problem. Mm. But if, uh, but otherwise, if you can't take the shield drones, I think Tau can take second too. I mean, I'd have been drawn in a little bit with the reserve FAQ. Yeah, yeah. Because they were just stupid before. They didn't care at all, first or second. It's like, okay, reserve everything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so they've been drawn in a bit there, but the cover strap now as well, especially with like Talos and the well, actual crowd of lawyers. Yeah, which is what I was saying. But the, the problem I have with the, with the cover FAQ is it encourages LR builds like just heavy wave serpents and heavy flyers and maybe even fire prisms. I don't really find that style of play enjoyable, to be perfectly honest with you. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm just going to be keeping plugging with my my slightly off brand. But I mean, I say off brand. I'm running Reapers and Shining Spears for fuck's sake. But <laughs> it's weird to say that. Anyway, but, Eric, at least that's the... not the main list. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. On. Sorry, sorry, but yeah, Eric, how did your last game go? Uh, my last game was a blast. Mm-hmm. So uh, I played the man, the myth, the legend, the England team captain, Josh Roberts. Um, so he was playing a list that he was mostly playing around with for theory. Uh, so it was Dark Eldar and Harlequins. Uh, Dark Eldar, he had Blackheart. Um, the yet yeah, the one that I made fun of for being yesteryear. Uh, it was a battalion, two Archons, fifteen Warriors, three Ravagers, mm-hmm. uh, all Dissy all the time. Then he had a. Uh, Spear, or not Spearhead, a Outrider of Harlequin jet bikes. So I think it was a Shadow Seer and 17 Haywire jet bikes. And then yeah. every squad had all but one guy have the Zephyr Glaives, which are a fairly nice bit of kit as well. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, final thing he had was a Patrol, which was mixed Harlequins. Uh, so that had a sol- Solitaire with, I believe, uh, the Midnight Sorrows with the awesome stratagem of when it dies, it gets to uh, um, attack one more time and gets either additional attacks or additional strength for it being a solitary dies. And then a troop master and uh, 12 of the um, troops, all with the um, the caresses, I think it is. Whichever one, sorry, the no, the Harlequin's Kiss, the one that's D3 the, damage. The punchy ones. Uh, the punchy ones, yes. Yeah. So uh, in this one, I look at it and I'm like, you know what? If I move to the middle and I sit there, I will probably get a small win. He looks at it, and we talked about this after the game. He's like, well, I can play keep away and probably get 8 to 10 points, or I can go for it and, you know, if it goes well, maybe get 15. If you don't, it does well, maybe get 5. 
I was never really going to table it. Uh, and we were at the point, we were on table five? Three, table four, I think, because I was stood next to you. This is when the cock incident occurred. <laughs> yeah. So we were, I mean, we were up there. We were, we were table three, table four, but we knew that um, if, uh, unless one of us got a 20, it was kind of irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if they by chance. Uh, if somehow the top table doesn't table, draw. It would be, right, then it would be irrelevant. <laughs> Um, so he, uh, we go for it. He gets first turn. I use the stratagem to ignore basically his minus one on shooting. He moves up his guys, advances the front unit of three basically lines of bikers, uh, to use the strat for plus one invul. Then he does the, um, uh, twilight path or whatever it is, the psych power to make the middle unit advance into place and also get three plus invul. I'm like, really think I care about this. I literally just move my unit slightly forward, shoot, do some little flanking, just kind of get into position. Um, I mostly have my Vexator mask muscle um, always right, but I have it slightly off. So, also in that shooting, I had done a couple of Ravager. But uh, still no first blood happens. Um, I like the sound of this, no first blood for a while. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of yellows at it um sends one unit on an end around on the right side so sorry i moved my flyers in right behind my talos so if he wanted my flyers he was going to have to lose his bikes in the process uh so he brings one bike squad around the right uh to shoot out a flyer he brings one bike squad kind of trying to squeeze right between my uh ball on the wall to get after either flyers and troops and does the third on the on the left to get at another flyer and again i'm thinking like cool i literally don't care um and in the process of it he kills and assaults one of the uh flyers which then explodes and kills two bikers oh, and, then, yeah. and does some wounds to another flyer <laughs> And just like, so the thing I hate when things explode because Talos can also explode, it's not even that my units lose wounds. It's just the gamekeeping of it all. <laughs> you suddenly and walking I, around with like I, 12 wound yeah, counters. Every one of them. But it's like, I really don't want to have to, you know, mark that my Hamakas is down to four wounds instead of five and carry that around with him as he moves once or twice every turn, turn seven and doesn't die. So, but that happens. Um, but it takes more haywire than it should in order to kill him. So basically, I get out of it with one or two flyers or so live. Um, as I fall one back, he uh, I think that time he that time I have to back him from shooting when he when I fall back because they the um, Harlequins have that cute little stratagem. Which is really funny when it was done with haywire bikes. But something we learned, a key nuance, the range for it is measured after you move. So if you have, say, a move that's greater than 24 inches, you can move, then they can use a stratagem to shoot nothing. Right. Which we played wrong, but it didn't matter. Um, so basically, in that, oh, I'm sorry, the other thing, he brings his unit of 12 players uh, and hits. One of my Talos units just outside the Vexera mass range and kills the entire unit. Oh no! Um, 
it doesn't entirely surprise me. It was I I realized after I did it that it was a big mistake, but on the flip side, what it meant is that I could go back in. Yeah, so you basically just trading. Yeah, I, I traded a Talos unit, and because I have three Talos units plus unit of seven grotesques, mm-hmm. it just wasn't. It, I didn't care that much. It wasn't a trade you didn't instigate, but as it happened, you just like eh, whatever. So then, basically, I all the stuff's there for the taking. I fly the Wood Raven over the troop unit, and I kill six of them or something like that. Very nice. And then, like, there's just a little shooting all around, and Talos unit goes into one bikers, and other Talos unit goes into second bikers. Uh, the grotesques uh, go into the troop because I the thought process is I can just use my more wounds for combat attacks. Until I remembered that the those only work on six plus, and he had a shadow seer nearby with the uh, minus one wounds. So smart Eric would have just shot at her with flyers, but I randomly shot at a ravager. Um, that was so those the Talos bubble and the um, shooting at ravager rather than characters were like the only real mistakes I made that game. Otherwise, I played it fairly. Uh, Clean. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, at that point, I destroyed everything but the Ravengers in the quarter, pretty much one four man bike unit that I just wasn't that scared of, and uh, his solitaire, which was running around. And I think we got through about bottom of four, um, and it ended up being a 14 6 to me. Okay. Uh, so, nice. so I'll, uh, I'll definitely take that against Josh. We had a blast game, so, you know. It was uh, everything one could ask for down the weekend. Nice. All right, so over to you, Tom. So I was playing against a guy called Terry Haverty. So the, the funny thing here is uh, we actually paired for round four, but uh, got changed because people were mm. dropping out. And we played at an event at Sanctuary Gaming Center a couple of weeks earlier, and I tabled in turn five. And there was a, uh, I don't know if you guys know of a Hellstorm Wargaming event, that was going yeah. on at, uh, yeah so that was going on at Mansfield uh, a few a couple of months ago and they had a WhatsApp group and uh, mm-hmm. I've got moles in that WhatsApp group and uh, when Terry noticed he was playing me I got a massive ego boost if, uh, yeah he, he wasn't excited so uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was kind of entertaining to watch but uh, he thought he got away with it nah coming from round five so he was playing Tau and he had a storm surge I think he had did he have two or three riptides I think he might have had three but I'm not certain I mean, he had a bunch of fire warriors, he had shadow sun, he had a bunch of shield drones, all the standard jazz. Um, the issue here was, we were, the way he played out is he played it very aggressive. So, in, when I was talking about the first game, I was saying, if a Tau player plays aggressive, I can just kill the shield drones. And then I can kill the Riptides, right? And that's essentially what Terry did. So Terry went for it, he really went aggressive. He came forward, um, I kind of was kind of hiding behind it a little bit, but if I was an L-type ruin in, uh, in my deployment zone, and it was quite a big, oh, really? quite a high wall, yeah. So it was quite a high wall when it was search and destroy. So I was taking my Reapers out, I was shooting shield drones, and I was jumping them back in with fire and faith. So mm-hmm. it was it was working kind of fine. Uh, once the drones started to go down, but oh, we also had three units of crew, which were important, because he was, he was basically using those to push out and get most from objectives. So I managed to take the Shining Spears out, quicken them, kill a unit of crew, soul burst right up to his Storm Surge, which mm-hmm. I jinxed and doomed, I then killed pretty much all of his fire warriors, killed the storm surge, and because of because of that, 
Um, so he had a line of fire warriors, then a line of characters, and then two lines of fire warriors. So mm -hmm. I killed the storm surge with shooting. I killed the fire warriors, and then I discharged all of his characters. So I removed all of the characters. So Shadow Sun died, Dark Strider died. A what was it? What's the um, what's this? The Firesight Marksman is it? Yeah, they have. Yeah, that died as well. And basically, oh. he's just left with a couple of like the recon drone and the pulse accelerator drone, and then two riptides, and then one squad of ten crew. Because I was just able to clear the shield drones, and then I'm like, well, now you've got to deal with eighteen reapers, sorry, twenty reapers, and nine shining spears with um, just kind of stuck behind the ruin. So I, I fired a bit of a big unit of dark reapers back out of the way, but he just he just didn't have enough because he was having to move. He was minus one to hit because of that. And eventually nice. I just dragged down the Riptides and killed the crew on the backside, and that was the end of that. It wasn't really too much to say. I just saw a bit of an opening to go with my Shining Spears, went for it, and removed most of his army. So, yeah. I don't know really what to say about that one. What do you think of the Storm Surge? I'm not really a fan of the Storm Surge. I know a couple of people are using the Triple Storm Surge, so Leo Kip is still using free. But mm. I, don't, I, I don't really know about it, because I'm not entirely sure what it beats. I feel like... Against most armies. So if you take Triple Storm Surge to army, what kind of army do you definitively beat? Magnus is very nice. <laughs> is there nothing you can do about that? Can't you just sit out of range and force him to walk at you? You can go first. Okay, there you go. So he can beat that if he goes first. <laughs> right, okay, brilliant. Thanks, Adam. What else does it beat? Tactical. <laughs> um, I think it depends on the rest of the build of the list, doesn't it? Okay, so um, let's say so. Let's build this up. So you've got three storm surges. You've got a battalion with three squads of fire warriors, a commander shadow sun or something. Then you've got a bunch of marker lights on pathfinders. I don't, I don't know how how you build that list efficiently, efficiently, and then expect to have lots of good matchups and very few bad matchups because when. When I take a list of a tournament, I'm like, right, okay, what's a bad matchup? So what do I want to avoid? Okay, maybe I don't want to hit Nurgle. Um, may maybe certain types of horde are quite bad for me. Other than that, I can probably play it, right? Mm. Whereas when you're taking Storm Surge, the other way around. It's like, what can I actually beat? Mm -hmm. With that kind of list. Yeah, it's, it is a bit more situational with the surges. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe if you had the freedom to pick your own matchups a bit more. So like, say, in an ETC team event, but then if you have situations like where we had this year where we turn up and there's just, the terrain is quite good. It's yeah. like, well, the Storm Surges kind of rely on being able to anchor down. And even then they're not making great use of the rerolls because they get a plus one to hit when they're anchored, so they're having to reroll the threes as well as the ones and twos. It's, um, I think, they want to be playing against things that fly. Yeah. If you've got the, uh, the velocity tracker. Okay, you... so... You're relying on the marker lights for the missiles because mm -hmm. missiles can do some nasty things. Yeah. Uh, so two things. Mm. The problem you have then is you you kind of relying upon anchoring, which means you need a previous turn to set up anyway. So you've got turn one, you've an anchor at the end of a shooting phase, and then you've got to take a turn of it before you're actually getting the proper efficiency out, right? So let's say you're playing against a prevalent tower list. Uh, so not prevalent tower list prevalent flyer list. So let's say you've got the, the Eldar one, right, with the um, Hemlocks and the Crimson Hunters. They've got built-in minus ones anyway. So they've got built-in minus one for flying around, built-in minus one for a talk. So the velocity tracker is still, like, you're hitting them on fives before you anchor. And then you have, maybe you even have the, the Dark Angels with the free Nephilim, the free Dark Talons, maybe, at a push. But 
I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe it's fair just to clear hordes, but I, I just feel like it's too vulnerable unless you build around it, and it's hard to build around something that doesn't have any relevant keywords, like Battlesuit, for example. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's... Um, Give it Battlesuit, and it might be okay, but... It's definitely an elite thing. Yeah. I think it just wants to play other elite armies. Yeah. I think I think it's cool, but I, I don't... I'm not convinced by it competitively, let's put it that way. No, I think you. If it's a choice between that and multiple riptides, yeah, I you think just take another riptide. Yeah. yeah, it's like a hundred odd more points than a riptide as well. It's not, it's not ideal really, is it? All right, mm -hmm. so you finished on four and one, then Eric. And where did you where did you place in the end? Uh, I ended up placing six. Not bad, not bad at all. And then me and Adam got three and two, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, what exactly won the? event overall what what was podium uh so anyone no surprise so uh malik won yeah which uh props to him i mean he's a very good player he's yeah player. uh so if i remember correctly he's got something along the lines of so it, it is Eldar uh yanari um you've got your normal bunch of different characters um, two units of spears, one unit of reapers, a uh, serpent, if I remember correctly. Yeah, two units of spears, two of eight. Okay. Uh, and then three flyers. I don't know if all three of them were the Crimson Heart, uh, Crimson Hunter x It might have been Hemlocks, actually. I, I can't remember. I know the list documents out there somewhere if people want to find it. We'll probably put it in the show notes. Um, you can look on their website. It's, yeah. If you, go, if you go to the um, Dropbox attachment there, if you really want to know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the top two lists in the end were him playing against uh, his mate, Conrad, who I played in round three. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, uh, you know, Yanari is still there very much so. Mm -hmm. And Tom, where did you place in the end? Uh, that wasn't relevant. <laughs> I, I came somewhere around the 30 mark, but it was... I kind of feel like my list is on its last legs now. It did quite well for me at the London GT, but it's kind of feeling a bit dated. So I'm, I'm looking for something new. I mean, I it's think... not that far off of some other lists we're seeing, just minus uh, the second uh, Dark Reaper unit and put something else in place. I think well... the, the top six was Aldar, Aldar, then it was Cultist Horde, then it was Aldar, then it was uh, Tony's Mixed Imperial list, and then it was Eric in six with, again, when I say Aldar, Mixed Aldar. <laughs> Drakari Aldar, yeah. So, I mean, it was four Aldar in the top six. Yeah, and the other two were big hordes. Yeah. yeah. Fun meta, by the way. I wish I had gotten to play against big hordes. Man, my army loves big hordes. Yeah, well, we're getting orcs and we're getting gene stealer cults soon, so maybe you got your wish. More hordes, yeah. Vexator mask, that's all I can say. <laughs> what, what I will say was we used something we haven't used before, uh, was the down under pairing site. Yeah, that was all right which was actually really, really impressive. Mm. Um, the, the only downside for me was my mobile network wouldn't allow me to use it, so I had to... <laughs> they think it was porn and block, Adam. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. They thought it was worse than porn. So yeah, I mean, we, we know they allow porn. So, yeah. But, uh, so I was using Wi-Fi on the venue. I kept losing it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So the app wasn't fully functional all the time, but not the uh, app these sites. Mobile network does allow you to watch. <laughs> it doesn't allow you to do the pairing yet. 
mean, did, did you guys really like it, the site? Because you could just, you saw your opponent and you just clicked on his name to see his list. Mm. And it was so easy. Yeah, it was really, really good. Uh, but, but one thing it was missing, I think, was uh, it didn't have, it did have the option to vote for your favorite opponent. But uh, the option wasn't in there because, ironically, this event did not have a most sporting award. Right. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> apart from that, yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to use it again. I've got to say, I did yeah. think it was a good site. Uh, I would like to see put in app for it. Hmm. I wasn't possible. I wasn't so much of a fan of the rankings that they had going on there again, but uh, I think that's just a personal thing rather than a critique of the app. But you know. Mm. What, the submit into the rankings? Yeah, they had a down under pairings rankings as well. Kind of similar oh, to how it? BCP works with ITC. Oh, right. I, I ain't bothered about Exa- Exactly. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> them. Exactly. But, we would um, like to mean... go off on that rant if he wants. But... Yeah, yeah, I just really hate it. But yeah. the, the event, what did we think of the events? I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed the event. I played five great opponents, really, really good. Got to yeah. play with some toys. Nice fun. Yes, same here. All my opponents were lovely. Uh, event, I say, I can see improvements again from the first one. Mm-hmm. It was a really good event. Mm-hmm. The only downside, I would say, was uh, in the middle of the main room. It was quite tight on space between yeah. tables. Yeah. That, that was slightly uncomfortable playing there. Kept bumping into people's bums. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Um, I literally don't understand what you're talking about. Because I also didn't play a single game in the main room. <laughs> I oh, played wow. on tables in no particular order. One, two, three, four, and five over the weekend. You were lucky, Ben. I didn't even really put it there. I didn't even realize there was a second room. I thought it was literally <laughs> just of a stream and people being very quiet and professional in there. And they go in, it's just Alex just sprawled across <laughs> the chairs. It's like, oh, all right, this is where everyone is. I got in there for one guy. I got into the doghouse a little bit because my wife didn't realize that when she came by the hall to like hang out, she didn't realize that there was a back room either. I think we should have done something similar to the London GT, whereby you had the downstairs room for all the plebs, where uh, you end up just not very comfortable, and then the upstairs room, if you're doing well, ends up. I feel like. It's I, quite I should, nice. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have been more uncomfortable, but I feel like the the top room should definitely have been classier. You know, had a chandelier in there, and some free alcohol or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have gone well. <laughs> Send yeah. them back down again with the alcohol consumption. <laughs> Give someone else a yeah. chance. The, the venue was very light as well, which yeah. I think it's the lightest venue we've ever played in. Oh, yeah. Normally just like a dark hovel somewhere. And that, but, <laughs> it was, uh... You could actually see the tables and what was going on. Yeah, You yeah. got the, the cafe attached, which was really good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I do like it. It is a good event. Yeah, there was lots of food outside as well. Really, really good. Um, the architecture of the building was quite nice. I enjoyed the little windy staircase that you got as you as you came up. Well, the, the, the windy ramp, sorry. I don't know. I got into that. So I think my only complaint about it was the food options on Saturday night. Mm. You know, just finding, like, a lot of the places we go to, there's something within walking distance. That would have been the ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. I mean, my mine was kind of location-based as well, so I was uh, in a hotel nearby, and the hotel was really nice, but I opened a window because it was kind of warm and there was no air con, and I got the pride of Telford singing for two hours. Which <laughs> was uh, entertaining. My only, uh, 
my main complaint was when I went to sue the, the girl serving didn't have Tourette's. Ah. You could have got some it, free food by being nice to people. Make it more entertaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just be nice to people and you get, you get stuff with that. But, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Anything else to add, guys? Or, uh, no, uh, I just want to thank the Glass Hammer guys again for putting on. Yeah, it was movie. really yeah. good. Uh, yeah. So uh, as much as I like to joke with them from time to time, like they they did put on a class act. Yeah. And I don't know anyone who had any real complaints about it. Like it just, yeah. You know, it went on smooth. Alex even kept coming up to me halfway, like every couple of minutes, giving me updates from the League of Legends World Championship, which I really appreciated. So top effort. <laughs> we loved uh, it. We loved Alex it. kept coming up to me. I kept giving him stick. <laughs> yeah, but he goes up to anyone. Anyway, in your hands. <laughs> so. But he, he goes up to anyone by giving him stick at him, let's be honest. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> like, it's so easy to bully. All right. Thank you very much, guys, for, for talking about that. I really appreciate it. Um, hopefully that was that was a good listen. Thank you very much to Element Games. Please take a look at our affiliate link and click away through there when you're purchasing all your wargaming products. Uh, I think that's it. But, uh, and again, thank you very much to, for uh, listening and see you next time. Thanks very much to Tom for stepping in on hosting duties on that one. Uh, it just bears for me to remind you about the Allies of Convenience Wales GT, which is happening less than a month away, December the 1st and 2nd at Firestorm Games in Cardiff. You can get tickets right now from thebattlefields.co.uk or alternatively, you can go onto our Facebook page and check the events calendar and it should be in there that's the allies of convenience team wales gt happening december the 1st and the 2nd so get your tickets right now we'll see you next time thanks for tuning in